Hello and welcome to the technically final French Football Weekly podcast of the season, although that's a little bit of a lie because we'll probably have a few specials and some season reviews and all sorts coming up. Uh, and I can confirm that we are the podcast that is very happy to sign a new deal for lots and lots of money. No, that, that's a, a massive lie. We don't get paid. Anyway, uh, my name is Chris. I'm your host. And tonight I have got Phil and Jez with me. How are you both doing? Jez, I probably shouldn't really ask that, but I hope you're both well, you know, ex-football side of things. <laughs> hey. yeah. You're on the beach with Montpellier, Phil, and Jez. They've is... been on the beach since March. Seriously. They have, they have. Um, right, we're gonna we're gonna sort of three key areas today, um, and the first one we're going to talk about is the actual on the pitch bits and bobs. Final day of the league season last Sunday, eight pm kickoff. Saturday, sorry, last Saturday, uh, eight pm kickoffs UK time. All the teams were involved. Lots was to be decided, uh, and I think it'd be fair to say it didn't disappoint. Um, Runs. Well, I say the European chase didn't disappoint, and maybe for your side, Jess, it, it really did disappoint. But um, let's, uh, rather than sort of go through the individual results, we're just going to kind of highlight uh, what it meant for teams top and bottom. Now, we knew going into the, the, the end of the game, or end of the season, sorry, that PSG were champions, of course. There, is, there was a rather large sort of incident in that game, which we'll talk about a bit later on, but we have to uh, discuss... The plight of of Mets, unfortunately, Jazz. Um, it, it, it was it was one of those, wasn't it? It came so far and came so close, and then it sort of ended in in tragedy. But it wasn't really the fact that Mets lost that particular fixture by by five goals to nil in the end. It was more what happened elsewhere as St Etienne, uh, the the Dupras. Uh, escape act mark two got themselves blah, into blah, the blah. yeah sorry i had to use the the, the narrative but they well, got no, a apparent, one obviously it's sour grapes apparently not completely dominated and bernardoni decided to pick this match to have a man in the match performance for once yeah. in his life yeah he I think was awesome he was and yeah has not been something you can say of him a lot this season so yeah, if, if indeed ever before, um, but but yeah, not non um, were were one up through Ludovic Blas's penalty after twenty three minutes, but Roman Amuma, who's been pretty much carrying St. Etienne on his back for several weeks now in terms of the goal scoring, anyway, he got the equaliser. Um, ran into the crowd. I, I must admit, he. I mean, obviously, it was looking back, it was all emotion, but I genuinely thought he was going to go and wallop someone. The the, the rate of knots he took off into the crowd. But that result meant that, that Mets do go down um, as finishing 19th and Sonetting going to the playoff. Bordeaux, we knew, barring, well, match fixing, basically, were gone. And um, they did can indeed. I, can I just say yeah. quickly on the on the mess? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Performance. I mean, obviously, at a given point, probably from 3-0, they just gave up and realised there's nothing to do with them anyway. But in the first half, I thought they actually gave a decent account of themselves and... and Saar maybe could have scored. Lancalze nearly scored. Um, so, you know, well, it's obviously not this match where things aren't wrong. Mm. Um, and I just want to, you'll, you'll appreciate this, Chris, that on Saar, for any Spurs fans who are listening, um, I was speaking to a friend of mine who's a Spurs fan um, on Sunday, and he said that according to a lot of the Spurs chat rooms, 
Pat Matasar has been the only decent player for Mess this season. I just want to put on record that's absolute bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> is it? Isn't it funny? Um, it's like the people who slate league they're often the ones who don't watch it, and it's the same with the players, isn't it? As soon as there's a player linked, they're like, "Oh yeah, he's amazing." It's like, have you actually seen him play this season? No. Okay, let's move on. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. he is. He can be very good, but he's one of those players this season who's. It's not even, well, I mean, they're obviously connected. It's not about his performances. It's about an attitude that stinks. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Um, and well, having someone sent off possibly didn't help. No. And the, was it the second goal for memory that, that there was a mistake at the back that sort of led to to the second goal um, for PSG? Or was it the third? I, I forget. One of, one of the goals. And that made the score twice. Yeah, I'm not sure which one. I know the third Actually, we should have had a free kick, which obviously wasn't given because because you don't know those PSG. away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think because uh, Mbappe scored twice in the first half and Neymar got a third, and Mbappe completed his hat trick in the second, and, and Di Maria in what was his sign off game um, got a goal. Uh, Traore was sent off for two bookables, but yeah, there was definitely an error in in that situation leading into one of the goals. Um, I'll come to both of you on what this means for the other teams. Um, so first of all. It, Sort of looking at, at Mets as a whole, then Jez. I mean, are you it, there's been a lot of sort of talk after the game. Um, I believe the gaffer is looking to stick around. I don't know if that cho- if that choice is going to going to be his own. What's your what do you think? Feel like your chances will be going into next season? Is it going to be full rebuild, or is is this quite a catastrophic situation in terms of the future of of the club you support? Um. I mean, in terms of Antonetti, RMC actually today said that he was leaving and then mm. deleted their tweet. So um, <laughs> I don't know exactly what's going on. I, I'm i a fan of his. I He's a past master at getting out of Ligue and at least he's a sort of sure thing. You know, you, you can sort of argue with some of his methods or his attitude at times and things like that. But I think at least he knows what he's doing. I think... For what it's worth, he's got a very good relationship with the president, unfortunately, as much as anything born out of very uh, personal tragedy on, on both sides. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily object to him staying, particularly because all the names that have been banded about are extremely underwhelming. They're usually sort of trying to keep it in-house, but it's usually like someone who's failed at our sort of sister club in the Belgian second division or something like that their first division this year to be fair they got promoted last year so um yeah I just I wouldn't mind him staying I just I feel like the club is in a little bit more disarray than it has been in like the last time they went down and I think Ligue 2 is a lot stronger as well Mm. um and it feels a bit like you know it's not it's their only chance not it's not that it's a sort of one chance and that's it to go up but um considering they're going to change to 18 clubs in league at it's only going to get harder and harder and um so it's not you know next year would have probably in a way been even worse to go down it's just it's just so disappointing because although we finished the season badly last year generally the season was one of, of real promise and none of that was sort of fulfilled and it is partly because of people like um Saar who didn't sort of continue where they left off or look to improve or anything like that 
um, is mainly because of a very bad sort of transfer policy. So there's issues to be sorted, and I'm not particularly confident that it's going to happen. But at least I think with Antonetti, you've got a sort of proper grown up there who does know what he's doing because he's done it before. But I wouldn't. I would understand if he wanted to leave and I would understand people thinking we need to change. Yeah, yeah, I suppose there's arguments for and against both sides. That's going to be, I mean, there'll be a huge overhaul of the playing staff for various reasons and that's a bit of a worry sort of starting again from scratch. Yeah, you wonder about youth maybe is the, is the way to go potentially. If, if well, that's one of the big issues at Mess generally, that there's been so much focus on Generation Foot who obviously have brought through some superb players um that the sort of actual mess academy has been slightly ignored a little bit mm. which is the foundation of which you know clubs of that size are often built upon their players coming through either to sell on for big bucks alas or brought through into the first team um fellas as regards to the other the other couple of teams where this weekend is relevant to at the bottom um Bordeaux a sorry mess they lose at home uh, sorry lose away to uh, sorry they win away but go down regardless uh, they beat Brass to some new anniversary kit is a delight by the way um Mangas Mara twice who should have played all season but that's just me Dilrusson got the goals Munier and um Bellali got them got the goals back for Brest Bordeaux go down um, we've kind of done it to death so I don't want to you know put a fork in their grave site any further but it, it's a horrendous situation for them massive overhauls oh. going to be and, needed and financially speaking yeah yeah that that's that's the biggest they're issue, going isn't to it, be more fucked than Mets yeah, and and, a, and a, again, a massive name going down. Um, like I say, Bordeaux fans, I'll spare you. Maybe we'll cover them in a bit more depth over the summer when we look at what went wrong. Um, I just asking... the, the only thing I want to say about Bordeaux is, although they did come out on top, the way the way they conceded both equalisers, um, probably sums up the season. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. Yeah. I don't think they were in the lead for more than a minute. Like on aggregate after the first two goals it was instant replies wasn't it like 14 16 32 34 what i want to ask you phil is what what chance you give st etienne now because they go into the playoff for those who don't know osea came through the playoff sosho um, beating harry late but yes i think it's thursday i I watched the pre pre playoff Mm. as it were and parry FC were really impressive and I felt gutted for them because in the pre-playoff um, they lost 2-1 to social. They went ahead um, in the game but then had Nami sent off for uh, two yellows and after that uh, Ambry scored just before halftime for Socio to level it. And there was some awesome last-ditch defending in the second half from Perry. And they were just about to take it to extra time. And then 92nd minute, Tixera scored the winner. And that was gutting for Perry. Obviously, we won't see a... a Paris uh, Derby next year, but Social looked really up for it. And then 
in the playoff, playoff, um, they were aware away at uh, Oxair. And that was a nil-nil game after 120 minutes. It was a tough watch, frankly. Um, but then in the uh, penalty shootout, you had the social penalty from Kitala saved by Donovan Leon. And it was uh, Captain Oxair's captain, Birama, who I think, got the final penalty to win it for them to put them through to the match against South Etienne. There was a pitch invasion after this um, but it was a nice pitch invasion. It basically looked like lots of middle-aged men wanting to kiss Donovan Leon on both cheeks for his performance throughout and in the um, in the uh, penalty shootout. So I think Saint-Étienne upsells on Thursday and I don't think any Saint-Étienne fan should be feeling confident about the situation not that they would be, uh, knowing many of them, but Oxair look tails up back to wanting to get back into the top flight. And, you know, it's going to be an interesting game, I hope. But uh, there will be, I think, some... Neither of them, I think, are particularly exciting teams. No. Gaetan Chabonnier is the uh, striker for Auxerre. Um, and so at the end, don't really have one. So, huh. All down to Humuma, I think, on, in that regard. And, and that man has been a servant of that club for so long. It kind of made sense that he was the guy that pulled them out of it on the last day, but he I think that's a bit harsh on the likes of Buanga. Not consistent enough for just he doesn't feel like I agree overall. Of, I just I mean over the last few years, I just don't think Hamuma's done very much at all this year. Apart from that goal, obviously. The thing, the thing I, I think I can never quite get my head around with Sanetian is is uh, I just I don't know if we've we've said for, for months probably now, um, maybe years, that what they need is a centre forward. You know, they need a goal scorer. I look I look at someone like Andy Delore and I think if you put him in that Sanetian squad would they actually be a mid-table comfortable side um and for a while i thought yes but the more i the more i look at it i think well no because they won't get the supply to him so that sort of leads me to think that even if they don't go down this season is are they is it just going to be another stay of execution are we going to have the same old problems all over again do they need a complete rehaul um you know in the playing staff and, and, I think and where they are 
I don't know if they've got the finances to bring many people in, and I'm not no. sure that they this year have got a Fafana, for example, that they can sell for super money. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know if, for example, say Arsenal were to sell Salat Saliba, that <laughs> there'd be a sort of sell-on fee for for Saint Etienne. But um, got, I think they've got. Some, I think there is part. Yeah, I, I think they have some part of it. Don't quote me on that. But I think there is a part of it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, they, they shouldn't have been in the position they were in, so and they still got some very good youth coming through, so they should be able to kick on. But uh, yeah, they need to get past it. So I, I'm just trying to see now. I think generally the league and clubs have got a better record in the in the playoff. But yeah, for, for memory, I think you're right. They have because um, I seem to remember Lorient to lose a few years ago. There's, there's, a, there's a couple of games that that have been close, but I feel I feel like. I haven't, I, I'll be holding my hands up completely. I haven't seen enough of Osea to say that they're going to be this, that, or the other. The one thing I would I say think, is expect a low scoring game, I think. I, I think they've got some decent goal scorers there, just whether they can take the step up to Ligue 1. But um, mm. they've got Jean Marc Foulon, is a brilliant manager, and he, he always encourages really good football. So it would be, and obviously, there's the whole sort of historical side. Obviously, oh, yeah. have got that as well, but I think it would be nice to see us there back in the top division. What would be interesting if they went up is whether Fuglon stayed or not, because he's been quoted before as saying that he finds it much more interesting to sort of be fighting for promotion from Ligue 2 than yeah. fighting to stay in stay Ligue 1. The division, yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of, a lot of coaches do feel that way. It's, um, it's a funny old world, but yeah, that does make a lot of sense. Um, as uh, Phil and Jez both said, that those games are on. Uh, on the Thursday and then on the Sunday. Um, so um, at the moment, it's three two to league outings. There you go. Okay, so it's closer than I thought. What about speaking of close? What about the European chase? Um, this Ooh. was fun, wasn't it? Um, wow. Where well, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll I'll come to you both for your views on on what happened because otherwise we probably would go over all the games forever. Um, Monaco basically finished behind Marseille in the end, courtesy of a very late equaliser from Lens. Uh, Monaco had turned it on its head. They were they were in front um, through Betty Schiele and Ben Yedda having gone behind to Frankowski's goal. But um, Gonago in, I think it was the 94th minute, shattered their hopes of second because Marseille had already won in the evening 4-0 against Strasbourg, who unfortunately sadly do miss out on Europe. Uh, Jesson under, Jesson two under, and Bakambu with the goals there. Um Let's let's cover that race first because any other race kind of comes into it. So, um, Phil, did, I mean, did, did you see this coming? Because Monaco, they were absolutely devastated at the final whistle, shell shocked. But when they look back, you know, they were—I think they were ninth at the turn of—I think it was March. I think it was that they've been on an incredible run under under Clement. And given how the sort of season started and how it progressed, we're in the cold light of day when they splash some water on their faces. Okay, it's not automatic Champions League but they've done really well to finish where they did haven't they really? Well I think the the issue in the last couple of weeks has been that Marseille did look to have screwed things up at the final hurdle so Monaco were like yeah we can do this and that I think it was 96th minute from Ganago uh, equalising for Lance against them that just knocked them down. Whereas OM, as you say, 
beat Strasbourg 4-0. Strasbourg, who had been in the race for Europe, but just looked really limp in this game. OM were clearly going for the goal difference because there was a situation, a possibility that if Monaco had won, they'd be on the same points. So Marseille were trying to get the goal difference and it ended up not mattering. And I thought that was um, very interesting because OM have had some bad results over the past, <clears throat> sorry, couple of, couple of weeks. But yes, for Monaco just to drop at the final hurdle, the 96th minute, they must be gutted. Yeah. I mean, given the form they were in, they were the form team up there. Yeah. So I think that made a, a big difference. And I think a lot of people have been saying about, you know, the end of the week and whatever, who'll be happier? And I was just thinking earlier, who'll be happier amongst us lot? I'm guessing it's probably you, Chris. In like, terms of Marseille. Things were looking bad and you recovered and it's all good. Whereas the Jazz mess have gone down for me. Oh, in, in yeah. It was looking like, oh, we could have a European push earlier in the season and have just been tumbling down a hill ever since. Yeah. I think of the entire uh, FFW team, Rich Allen is the happiest because oh, yes. Bren are there in yeah. the Europa spot after drawing against away at Lille 2-2 with a 93rd minute equaliser from Garassi. Benjamin Burger got first for them. There's been so much kind of uh, characteristic Ren stuff, which I think he's massively enjoyed. And we will look forward to seeing them again in Europe next season. Yeah, yeah, and it will be, it will be interesting to see how these teams reformulate. And that's kind of the question I want to throw to you, Jez, because it, it's not all doom and gloom for Monaco, I should say. They do, they do make the Champions League playoffs. Now, they went out, of course, this time, well, say this time, last summer, in the qualifiers. Lessons, hopefully, will be learned and, and they will still progress because, naturally, we'd like to see uh, three French teams in, in the Champions League rather than the two. Um, Marseille, I think, I think we'll probably cover this on maybe like a special or over the summer when we've got some time to really delve into Marseille because Camara has gone to Aston Villa. We knew he was leaving. Saliba's gone back to Arsenal for now. Um there's a few coming in. Gunduzi is obviously a done deal. Paul, Paul Lopez, I think, is going to be official. Um, under, maybe not. So there's a lot of change, basically, going on at, at Marseille. But um, for the teams that were below, by all means, touch on Monaco. But also, as Phil alluded to there, Ren do come into the Europa League now. And Nice, um, with a... <laughs> I mentioned him earlier. Andy Delors, I think he's, I think he's 18 league goals he's got this season. I like to describe him as inevitable. Um, brilliant third goal for, for his hat-trick clinching goal with a back post header was just that, you know, that was all about I just, desire. There was one thing, you might not have seen this, it was 
Galtier's post-match presser after that game. Mm. And he was so cross. And he kept going on about, we lost fourth place. It's like, well, not tonight you didn't, because you won, Ren drew. It, you didn't, it felt like he was not talking about the game. He was talking about the season. But he looked so pissed off. So even though Nice are in the uh, Europa Conference thingy, what's it? It would not surprise me if he went. He looked so disappointed by that situation. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is maybe not really that reasonable. I don't know. I think he, he's he is just that kind of character, isn't he? He's very bullying. He's very sort of like you know he wants it. Uh, I think it, it, it will look at that and think there's a missed opportunity here for for a Champions League push. Um, but yeah, I mean, nevertheless, a comeback of of dreams really for for Nice. What 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 did you take from all this European chase, Jasmine? I appreciate your focus was at the bottom end, but in the cold light of day, looking at it all in 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 isolation. Marseille sort of worthy, I would say, over the course of the season. Monaco, we hope, will qualify, and then Rennes and Nice. Is there an element of you that feels a bit sorry for the likes of, <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to say this, Lulz and Strasbourg? Um, or do you prefer to sort of focus on the fact that we've got, you know, Rennes and Nice have been up there all season, Monaco, Marseille as well. We kind of got the result that maybe we expected in the end. Yeah, to be honest, like try as I might, I'm never going to feel sorry for Lance and Strasbourg. <laughs> that was a silly, silly thing for me to request you to do. Really, um, yeah, I mean, look, Strasbourg have been doing well and sort of just around up there the whole season. Lance, I feel maybe a tiny bit. No, I feel sorry for them, but I think they've definitely sort of added a huge amount to to Liga, and um, you know, even though it didn't necessarily ultimately help them I sort of like that they you know that they kind of had a final say even though it was to, to Monaco's at Monaco's expense it was sort of nice that they had like the you know the very final say of the season because they brought so much to this season um but I think probably the top five or whatever were the best teams overall they all had terrible moments but you know it's it's probably I don't know about the order necessarily, but I guess justice was done. I mean, in terms of Nice, yeah, they, I mean, I assume Gautier was probably as annoyed with himself as anyone else, but they mm. threw it away. They should have, you know, at some point it looked like they should have had second sewn up and they collapsed somewhat. Um, Marseille did very well, though weirdly not in the way we thought they would. And Ren probably, I, I guess, along with Lance, probably even more so actually in the end played the best football but um you know fantastic going forward maybe a little bit more suspects in defense as as we saw from the the certainly the first goal that they conceded at the, at the weekend so i think probably in the end everyone more or less ended up where they should have done i know rich won't like me saying it but maybe overall nice are a little hard done by finishing below ren but um, yeah, I plus think forty-two like goal difference versus plus sixteen. 
Mm. I mean, come on. And the biggest well, Ren were, you know. Ren, Ren beat Bordeaux 6 0 and they beat Mess 6 0, but did they do well enough in the really big matches? I don't, yeah. I don't know. And the, and the biggest problem. That... I mean, they did well against PSG, to be fair. But... Yeah, 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 that's, that's mm-hmm. a fair argument. But the, I think the biggest problem that, um, and again, we'll probably cover this maybe over the summer when we look at um, sort of, we're probably more towards previewing next season, I guess, when we get to that stage. But the biggest problem you're going to have for, for Marseille, Monaco, Ren, and Nice is holding the assets. Um, Aurelien Schumann is already on the radar of Real Madrid and Monaco and uh, Liverpool, so he's gone. We mentioned Bubakar Kamara's gone. Well, if um, you're on the radar of Real Madrid, you're not necessarily... Oh, no. No, no, I, I agree. But it. But the problem is, is if you sell Schumann and you sell or Kamara's walked away on a free, but if you let those sort of players go, it then opens the it then opens the door to who next to be picked off. Um, and when you look at like Nice's squad, there's a couple of youngsters players or Toribo. I mean, he, I wouldn't be surprised if someone had a look at Andy Delors, to be fair. I know his, mm. his spell didn't really work out at Wigan in the Premier League, but there's a few clubs that would look at him as a goal scorer. And oh, then Ren... God, I had forgotten. Yeah, I think Nice, nice are probably the only ones that really look like they could strengthen. Yeah, because of the, the Ratcliffe money, I guess, and, and the opportunity to do so. Mm. Um, Ren are going to get picked off. I think that's apparent. Borrego is, is already on the radar. Oh, I think Roma are linked to seven million. I was like, I know, he, I think he's in his final year contract. That seems ridiculously low. And there's a few other youngsters they've got there that, that are going to be on the radar of other clubs. Um, and then as you look down the league, there's a there's a basically take what you want sale going on at Lyon. There's a, a take what you want sale going on at Lille. Um, you know, there's there's a few players that are cher- right for the cherry picking there. And that's just you just said there. We haven't. That was the first mention of Leon mm. in this podcast, mm. and I'm sure our friend Tarek Amir is losing his shit over that. But Leon, my God. I mean, they finish with four wins out of five. I, I think the biggest question with Leon is, is whether they retain the manager uh, management setup or not. I don't think they will, but it seems like they're willing to um, they're willing to, to sort of chuck any players out for. I think Awar is being quoted as twelve million quid now. Who? We'll, we'll get him. Yeah, exactly. Um, so one of my mates actually tweeted uh, to me and said, um, uh, "Give it another year, we can get him on get him on a free." <laughs> Did make me chuckle. Um, so, OK, uh, we are going to talk about some rather big news in a minute. Just before we do, I'll just round up the other results that, you know, nice as possible way don't really mean anything. Andre beat Montpellier 2-0. Um, yeah, thank you. Mangani gets a, a farewell penalty yeah. goal. Yeah. It was nice. Penalty spot. Montpellier played a part in um, the celebrations of a club legend. So move on. Yeah, we shall indeed. Uh, Leon, as we've just mentioned them there, they won against Claremont by two goals to one. Dembele and the aforementioned Dussemawar. Bayo score for Claremont. They will do all they can to hang on to him over the summer because if they don't, they're in deep trouble. They did survive, though, so well done to them. Um, Lille and Ren, we sort of covered the two in terms of their results. We didn't cover the fact they played each other on the final day. Timothy Weyer at the start and at the end of the game. Uh, Burigol for Ren, of course, he I've mentioned previous. And uh, Jurassic late on 
getting a point, so that ended 2-2. Two, two. Uh, Lorient Trois, nothing to see here. It's pretty dull already. Tuzgar with the opener for Trois. Loriente for Lorient with uh, 15 minutes to go. Kabori was sent off late on, so both survive. Happy days. And I think that is all these teams covered, isn't it? Yes. So um, let's have a little discussion about some contract information that came out. Um, I think if you'd have put a gun to my head, maybe that's a bit too much. But, you know, if you'd have given me a free bet, let's put it that way. It sounds nicer and said, how much do you want to put on the fact that Kylian Mbappe will stay in Paris and sign a new contract? Or go to Real Madrid. I think all my chips would have been in the Real Madrid basket, but that's not what happened. Um, I'll, I'll start with you, Phil, because I think Jazz will probably want to go into this in in the financial and the PSG aspect. Just for the player himself. No, go you, to Jazz. You want to go to Jazz? Oh, okay. All right. I, Jazz. Seriously, it's he's got the keys to City and whatever. Fine. Okay. Don't okay. go. Move on. I'll come back for the Women's Champions League. Okie dokie. Right, Jez, floor is yours. Um, I'm sure you've got plenty to say on this one. So um, two questions. I'll try and keep it to two, and then I'll just let you kind of go into what this means. Mbappe signed till 2025. That doesn't mean that he won't leave before 2025, of course, but that's the deal. Um, Al-Halifi has uh, dispatched with the services of Leonardo in the process. There's talk of Luis Campos coming in. So I guess question number one is, um, how much do you read into how much sway Mbappe has got in terms of this contract? Um, and that also includes the manager of Pochettino, which I can't, I can't sort of gloss over as well. And the second question is, from purely as a Liga fan, is this a little bit of a flex? I mean, La Liga are crying beautifully salty tears right now. They're, they're you know, a club of Real Madrid's. Um, I'm going to be nice. I'm trying to find nice words. Let's just say a club like Real Madrid, insert adjective, adjective or whatever you want here. Um, for them to preach about financial fair play, I find utterly hilarious. But from a league fan, full stop, it is great that probably the world's best player is staying in Paris for another season. So what's your kind of views on the player himself and, of course, the future and what it means for Paris Saint-Germain in light of the, the fallout from this announcement? I'll do, I'll do the flex thing first. It's, it's really it's difficult because, as you said, it's kind of... I mean, it's great for Ligue 1 and for France that, as you said, that I think the best player in the world at the moment is... Is apart from Louis Dunk is staying in um, in France, and it is very funny seeing Real Madrid throw their toys out of the pram, but they're not entirely wrong. I mean, (laughs) as you said, I don't feel sorry for any of these sort of traditional old clubs, and you know they're worried that they're losing all their influence. They're okay. They might have made their money in different ways, but they've all sort of you know, financially skewed their leagues, you know, maybe in a, uh, not doing anything wrong, but, you know, Bayern buying Dortmund's best players every summer, for example. Real Madrid, you know, the state bought, bought their training ground to help them out of the debt, things like that. There's always stuff going on. Barcelona, despite being a billion in debt, still being able to sign players. What the hell? So I don't, I don't feel sorry for any of them, but of course, a state-run club and that state being a very distasteful distasteful state does not sit comfortably. Um, 
and of course I'm talking about City as well as PSG but in terms of Mbappe we're talking PSG here so um yeah it's they're not completely wrong but I'm not going to lose any sleep feeling sorry for the likes of Real Madrid then in terms of, of PSG and Mbappe himself I just I think it's it's fascinating to to see what's going to happen as you said I mean just because he's signed till 2025 it doesn't mean he's going to leave and I wouldn't be surprised if he's been given assurances look you kind of do a nice thing for us make sure that we do get a fee somewhere along the line and and we'll let you go if you want to go what's interesting there is where would he go because surely he's burnt his bridges with Real Madrid now mm. um which just makes me really worried he's going to end up at Liverpool which I was just going to say they'll have yeah. me believe it's Liverpool yeah, yeah. <laughs> um see it, but, you know. but what's interesting is that you know Phil alluded to it you know, we've had player managers before. I don't think we've ever had a player sporting director before. And it almost feels a bit <laughs> like that. Um, he he couldn't sort of, you know, believe there's all different rumours about what assurances he's been given. There's, You know, he said we talked for, I think he said we talked for months about football, hours about image rights and oh forget it I can't remember exactly what it was but he said it, it wasn't about money and it wasn't really about image rights it was really about football and football strategy whatever I'm not entirely convinced about that but to have a 23 year old footballer negotiate or with his family okay but negotiating his own image rights or forcing the club to talk about them and put them on the line which he's done obviously with France as well to have um, a 23-year-old who does seem to have an influence on the fact that Leonardo is gone, who does seem to have an because they didn't never got on brilliantly, to have an influence on the fact that it's Luis Campos, who he's got a very good relationship with from Monaco days, coming in, um, even if it's not written into the contract, it really does seem that he is going to be given a say on those kinds of things. Um, the mm. coach as well, you know, it's interesting that everyone said Pochettino's definitely out, but knowing that he gets on quite well with with Mbappe, Lecky led today their front page with with the suggestion that possibly Pochettino will stay after all. I'm not sure he will, which you know, which would indicate that Mbappe's uh, influence is not total. But I just I think it's fascinating. I I think I said a few weeks ago that I really think like Mbappe is some kind of new generation of footballer like he's he's not on the pitch but the influence that he's got and it is partly because he's clearly so intelligent and so eloquent that I think he's just kind of taking the power of the footballers themselves and what they are capable of to another level and um it'll, yeah it'll be interesting to see it'll be interesting to see generally anyway whether it's under because of his influence or not where PSG go now because, you know, it sounds like Neymar said yeah. give them a block, which is a real tragedy. Um, Luis Campos, we know what he's like. He's, his model is finding footballers that are not well known and turning them into superstars. Yeah. Will PSG accept that? Do they want ready-made superstars? Will the superstars who are already there be willing to work with Luis Campos' methods which work very well for sort of unknowns, but maybe not so much for well-established egos. So there's still a hell of a lot of unknowns there. Chouameni, who you mentioned earlier, apparently he's one player that Mbappe really wants to join. Mm. You know, there's also been rumours he's already agreed personal terms with Real Madrid and with Liverpool. Will, will PSG be able to come in and, and sort of gazump them? So 
I think the whole thing is fascinating. You know, bottom line is you're giving a hell of a lot of influence, even if it's not all contractual, mm. to... Um, yeah, yeah, I was going to hesitate and because that, you always forget that. But he is only 23. Mm. But it's not even so much that he's a kid. It's the fact that he's a footballer. And that's not to denigrate footballers. It's to say, you know, he's... He's one of the players who, you know, is subject to, you know, if he hits a really bad patch, mm. can he be mm. dropped? Well, not if he's the one picking the team. No. The only thing I'd say is that obviously there's been far too much player influence at PSG over the last few years anyway. Oh, they're going to give one player too much influence. Is I'd much rather it would if I was a PSG fan, I'd much rather it was Mbappe than Neymar, for example. Mm. I think this is Oh, just uh, I said I didn't care, but that was about the transfer thing. The whole situation of him staying, as Jeremy says, is fascinating. This guy's got to have balls of steel because if you're a 23-year-old who basically has signed up to run the premier club in one of the top five leagues in Europe, you got to back yourself to not fuck up, right? And that's, that's just an amazing amount of confidence. But that is not like business appropriate. It's just so weird this whole situation the amount of money he's getting they keep saying yeah he's gonna get 100 million a week net i'm like yeah do you know what the french tax rate is <laughs> that's 180 million gross I, I i might be alone in this but i genuinely i think i, I tweeted similar I genuinely don't think this is about money because as as Killing himself no, said... No, I don't think it's about money, but I think he is putting himself on the line. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, the way no, he doesn't have to do. Yeah, no no doubting that. But I, I just think at the sort of point I was going to lead on to there was a lot of people have criticised him about the money. Now, the money that was offered by Real Madrid was, if not more, certainly equal to PSG. So there's no issue there. He's, he's a Paris boy. Um, you know, he sees it as his club. He clearly wants to break records. He wants to lay down the foundation. As Joe said, and I probably alluded to as well, he can leave. You know, it's not the end of the road if he does want to go and quite why well want to go to Liverpool, I don't know, but we'll leave that behind. Um, my my other angle at it is everybody, in particularly in the English media, I know, shock, has looked at this as a massively critical thing. You know, it's the end of the game, uh, Craig Burley particularly on ESPN, made me laugh. The guy just has absolutely no clue about what he's talking about. Hilarious. Anyway, they've all looked at it from a negative standpoint. So um, Craig Burley of Roman Abramovich is Chelsea. That's that's exactly the Craig Burley, yes. Thank you, Jess. Um, yeah, they've all looked at this as a negative, and, and we've sort of touched on it there. You know, he's got to have balls of steel, etc. What if it works? Um, I think that's a that's a question that maybe we will we'll go into later, at a later date when we know a bit more, but you know, what if it does work? What if PSG do revamp the project? They do win the champion Champions League. You know, they do bring in younger players. That's, I mean, that's not the... a gamble that a footballer would normally take. 
No, but surely there's no way. You could no be way. the key player at a club. You could be, um, you know, Kevin De Bruyne. You could be uh, Mohamed Salah. You could be whoever. You aren't taking the admin onto your shoulders as well as having to score the fucking goals. I, I think uh, it's all very cleverly done, especially weird. as it's not contractuals. I think... Mm. You know, yeah. if all that kind of thing goes well, he'll share the credit. And if it doesn't, it will still be the manager and the... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's not going to be sat in an office with a pen and a suit and tie, is he, doing negotiations? It's, and it's like with any club... Well, I mean, have you seen the recent uh, pictures? He looks good in a suit and tie. I mean, yeah, he does. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> but I think if you look at any big club, um, and even even if you go down as low as the levels that I'm sure we've all played at, you know, Sunday muddy pitches, if 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 any manager says I'm not influenced by my star player or I don't take my star players um, opinions on other characters in the dressing room, you know, even down to which pub should we drink in after the game, like every every manager has an assistant and has a star player or, you know, reliable, um, good for the dressing room characters. It, this isn't that much different. In terms of that, and I think I would trust Mbappe's judgment on football is far more than I would Elifi at the moment. So, yeah. you know, it's it's a work in progress. You know, I guess we we're not going to know what happens until PSG, uh, you know, lose a four goal aggregate lead to Man City in next year's Champions League. Which this, we know is well, this is the thing. I mean, Mbappe has just been named Player of the Season for the third year in a row. He's the first ever player to top the charts in terms of goals and assists, mm. and. Apart from sleepwalking Liga and falling asleep so much that they've lost a couple of them, they crash and burn every year in the Champions League. So he's not going to do any any worse than they've done the last few yeah. years. So I think it's uh, I actually, in a way, think it's almost a win-win situation for him. Mm. And from us personally, you know, I'm personally delighted. Uh, it's great that we can have such a talent in in Liga, and you know, and again, this will not prove popular. Uh, actually, it might prove popular to our listeners because they actually want to hear a genuine opinion, I suppose. But um, I, I would I would like to see PSG do well. It doesn't mean that you have to like how they've got to where they are. But for French football side of things, if nothing else, just to shut up these absolute idiots who know nothing about the league and you know, the history and, and everything else that goes with it. And, and no, don't even bother to take the time to watch the games, just go, well, it's Formers League. You know, just to shut them up, it would be really nice for PSG to, to win the big one and, and Mbappe to be a part of that. And, of course, then everyone will support it. Well, what's so bad about Farmers? Absolutely nothing, and, unless you're using it as a derogatory term. It's dumb English. Anyway, um, we, as I say, we've got the whole summer, so I'm sure at some point we'll have um, a little natter about what PSG are doing and who they've brought in or who they haven't brought in and whatever. Um, Phil, we'll wrap up the show with yourself because we have, we do have a French European champion because yes. Lyon upset the odds. Well, or did they upset the odds? But they won. Well, no, I think this was an upset. Maybe for the bookies, but not for those of us who watch this stuff. Um, Lyon won their eighth Champions League final uh, by beating Barcelona 3-1. 
And we had in the semi-finals, there were some tense moments. And I was talking to um, Musa Konga about how this stuff works. And Lyon, in the past, because they were walking the domestic league, they kind of didn't have the moxie to defend properly when they got into the final stages of the Champions League. But now we've got PSG up there, Paris FC, etc. They are having to do more and they do seem to be better at it. And we got an opening goal from Amandine on the six minutes. Absolutely brilliant strike. Um, second was some Ada Hegerberg, 33rd minute, Macario putting 3 1 up. Alexia Patelis got one back for Barcelona, but it didn't look like Barcelona were inevitable, which they have done in the past. And so Lyon got their eighth title. Sonia Bonpastor, their manager, is, I think, the first woman to be manager and player who's won. Excuse my phone. Uh, who's won that title. And it was brilliant. If you look in the second half, like the um, Endler in goal for uh, Lyon and Renard in defence were epic, just really protecting their space. And uh, I think it might have surprised a lot of people that also didn't kind of get it, but Lyon are still that team, that good, that organised. And that was a very, very uh, impressive match of football. And you you will be, um, I mean, has to be has to be said as well, it's, it's a huge achievement for Lyon because I think most of the people... Uh, you know, I bow to your wisdom on this one, but I know most people were thinking Barcelona would would claim yep. this title, and they didn't. Um, and as you said, that opening goal that was quite the wallop from distance. That really was uh, a goal that went viral. And you'll be keeping in touch with the women's Euros over the summer. Oh um, yeah, I've just found out because I'm going to watch a game with some friends of mine which I'd completely forgotten about. So they were like, what are you coming over? I'm like, ha! <laughs> it turns out that's the opening game of the Euros. That is England versus Austria on the 6th of July at Old Trafford. Now, I saw Austria uh, twice at the 2017 Euros. Uh, once fucking up France and once in the round of 16 against Spain and they a really organised team 
marvellous travelling support. And so I think that should be a great, great game to open that tournament. I'm also slightly nervous, um, but I'm sure everything will work out okay. Be sure to uh, wash your hands if you're going to Old Trafford, because nobody needs to be there for too long. Um, Francis hoped briefly, uh, sort of what, what's the... I have no idea what group they're in, to be fair. I think they're in Belgium and Iceland and somebody else. Okay, okay. Well, Which um, should mean they win it, but we all know they can screw things up occasionally mm. so yeah we we all probably do a better preview when i've had a chance to actually look have, up have a look at things, who yeah. is playing who for sure okay well we will be across that um just a little bit of housekeeping before we go um jess has had to nip up early because he has some um, family duties to attend to but um over the summer, basically, we uh, we will not have a schedule as such over the summer. Um, do we, we ever have a schedule? Frankly, Chris, we, we try and do once a week. It varies between Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, but we'll, more on that over the summer. We are going to probably get together. Um, we'll have a little bit of a chat um, as a sort of a threesome slash foursome, and work out which way we want to go in terms of next season. Um, there's a few things we're going to hopefully change up, a few things we're going to bring in, a few things we might take out, etc. and so on. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll spring clean the loft, as it were. Um, I, I suspect uh, you can say if you, if you feel differently, uh, Phil, but um, I suspect you won't be that bothered about talking transfers and uh, speculation over the summer. So we'll probably leave that to, uh, to me and Jez to piece our way through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought as much. Um, and I'm looking to line up a few guests just to keep the summer ticking over. Um, so some of those will be with the usual crew. Some of them will just be me and whoever I've got that randomly wants to give up their time for me. Um, we'll see how that goes. But we'll be doing a couple of specials hopefully over the summer, either to look back at the season, look forward to next season, have a little chat about certain clubs. Um, I definitely want to delve a bit deeper into Bordeaux. And if St Etienne do take the drop, also uh, delve into them a little bit more um, and no doubt we'll talk some sort of PSG, some Marseille etc over the summer so there will be quite a few bits and bobs going on um, I just can't give you the commitments to when they're going to be so <laughs> stay tuned is what I would say uh, or just keep your podcast um, app of choice uh, subscribed as it were and then you know when stuff drops in you'll see it just on that by the way if you do listen on Acast as I know some people do their app has closed down now. So um, hopefully you're still hearing this, but if you didn't know already, their app closed on the 24th yesterday, uh, today actually. Um, so you will need to find a new podcast app of choice. There's plenty of them out there, um, but yeah, just in case, yeah, that's why you might not have got the episodes. But the, the website still works, so yes. you could... You can still yeah. do it there, yeah, I just know in this Go live, but you might not be able to download. Yeah, you might have to physically put the file onto your phone if you want it in your ears or whatnot. So um, I'll let the tech experts deal with that. Uh, but yes, um, as I say, don't forget uh, Thursday and Saturday or Sunday. I think it's Saturday, actually, isn't it? The, uh, the playoffs. Thursday, Sunday. Sunday. Thursday, so you've got the yeah. playoffs, two legs, uh, St Etienne Osea, as to who will claim the final position in Liga and indeed Liga for next season. So uh, 
keep your eyes peeled for that. I think UK viewers, it is on BT Sport, I believe. And if so, um, obviously tune in for that. Maybe just put mute on. Actually, don't, because Adam Berger might be on commentary. So maybe just, anyway, you know the drill, listeners. Uh, but yeah, we will be back <laughs> um, soon. And have a lovely summer, whatever you are up to, whether it be following the Women's Champions League, whether it be across all the transfers, or whether it be just crying into a bowl of misery over your team going down or not achieving Europe, or whatever it might be. Cake, cake, cake is your friend. Or cake, whatever you choose to do. Or you might just be like me and get very excited by new kits. There's lots of new kits coming out. Um, but whatever you choose to do, um, have a happy summer. Obviously, be safe because as the past two years have, have shown us, you never quite know what's around the corner. Um, don't touch any monkeys. Uh, that isn't a euphemism, that's genuine. Um, and yes, please do stay safe. On behalf of Jez, who's as I say, had to leave early, uh, commiserations, but he'll be back. Um, also, on behalf of Rich, who's obviously not with us. Uh, for most of the season because of his other commitments hopefully he will be back on at some point in the future um, and of course to you phil thank you very much you do a lot behind the scenes as well as on air so thank you to you as well thank you um and just in closing uh, we did say it at the time when it happened but just just another sort of heartfelt condolences to the family of of uh, john crossan who's um who, who sadly passed uh sort of uh, when was it now it, it goes back it actually goes back doesn't it a few weeks a few months is it a few weeks um it, just just very sad very sad to, to, to lose you know somebody who was I, I don't know i don't know how you would how you would describe him a pillar in the french community uh, in terms of Liga. i think i think it would be fair to say um a good guy yeah yeah I, I think that i think that's probably a good way of, of describing him um and I know that the uh, our colleagues on the um, La Bourgeois podcast. I know it hit them a little bit harder. Um, David was a was a you know a, a really big part of their coverage and, and part of the league our team and and I know that he sadly missed. But um, yeah, in a season that we have had to to deal with some pretty crap news at times, that's probably up there with the very highest of, of crapness. So um, David Crossan, uh, for you this season. Uh, I'm sure you would have enjoyed plenty of league on action and uh, I hope you rest well. So that's where we'll leave this league season. Congratulations to Paris Saint-Germain, of course, for winning the title. Congratulations to not Coupe de France winners. Commiserations to Metz and Bordeaux and uh, potentially one of Osea and St Etienne. We'll be back very soon uh, with the specials, as I say. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you again, Phil. And uh, we'll be back, dear listener. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Thank you again, Phil. Thank you. Uh, enjoy your summer, not your French football, unless you're playing football. Enjoy whatever you do. Stay safe. And we'll speak to you in 22, 23.